black people don't read. Black Reading is fundamental. Get a book, man. Get the great stories. The great thing about reading is that it broadens your, your life. You know, we all live our lives, but I think a reader lives a hundred other lives. Welcome back to Inspire Reads with Inspire Entertainment. I'm your host, Mohammed, joined by my co-hosts, Yasin and Kamal this week. Shucks, yeah. <laughs> You're listening in blood. I finally got my chance. <laughs> oh, good yeah. He didn't want to come today. <laughs> he said, I wasn't feeling like it. <laughs> oh, I said, Why not? <laughs> so I'm tired. I said, What do you mean, tired, man? <laughs> Can you take your vitamin pills? I'm joking, I'm joking. Sharks have just been a bit busy lately. Uh, yeah. Schedules have been a bit mad, so we, we even missed the last week's episode. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this this episode's coming out a bit late, but uh, yeah, the grind continues until next week when we have that season finale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they never come. Yeah, so we just wanted to um, talk about a few things today. So last week we didn't give Kamal a proper intro. Mm. Apparently, you haven't given Yasin a proper intro before either. Mm. I think yeah. we just we just dragged him on on the <laughs> Avengers episode last last season. And the guy just popped up. <laughs> he just stayed there. <laughs> Straight up the street like that. He just stayed there like some... Episode 16. He just, he just came and packed, grabbed his stuff. I'll send that somewhere. and these guys just grabbed me. I was on the street. Yeah. I woke up in the streets. Yeah. Woke up in Charlotte and Java doing his thing. Yeah, he just got kidnapped, put the bag over his head, store form and all that. Even that, even, even then I Suddenly he was a podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> Even since then, I haven't been able to go home. On. What? Where, uh, where are you calling from now? Oh yeah, live from the bachelor pad, penthouse. Nice, nice, no bachelor penthouse. pad. Penthouse, can I all fit it, guys? Well, close, close enough. Close enough. So yeah, uh, I just wanted to give you Asian, I mean Kamal, a proper intro. Um, I just wanted to like give, give the listeners a bit of insight about like uh, why were you even interested in coming on the pod in the first place? Okay. Is that, so, a, good, is yeah. that a good question? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well. Since the, uh, the the podcast is that like, focused on uh, books and discussing them and analyzing them, yeah. and obviously giving our own thoughts, like, I thought this was uh, something I would be like, highly interested in. Because, as Yasser knows, because he knew me before this, um, I'm <laughs> I'm uh, highly highly invested in books and uh, like what makes uh, a good book, like writing in general. As I'm trying to write my own stuff, um, what makes good characters, how to pace your plot. Um, the themes, the messages you can get across, like what you're actually trying to say in your novels. Mm-hmm. So, since Inspire Reads was discussing all that type of stuff, I was like, mm-hmm. why not let me get in on the action? You know what I mean? So, yeah. when did you start getting interested in books? Was it throughout your childhood, like us? I've or? been interested in books since since young days, bro. Like I was <clears throat> since you left the womb days. <laughs> since I left the womb, my guy. Like, I was that nerdy kid that would bring books to school. And everyone else be playing, and since like this is the new book that came out yeah. that week, like, I'd, I'd be I'd be in class. I'm books to school. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking books home from school. <laughs> uh, back in the day, the the books that I read were, uh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure everyone knows this one, like Captain Underpants. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, I forgot about it, you know. Found those were the did, books, man. What are their names again? The main characters. Um, George and Harold, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So those are such old man names. So there's this <laughs> one little black kid. Doesn't it? I wonder why. <laughs> the black kid was called George, and the white one was uh, Harold. Yeah. And then Harris. It, huh? It's called Harris. Harris. What, what are you talking about? It's George and Harris. Do you know? Do you <laughs> never read it? No. Captain Underpants. No. 
That's a horrible quote. I was reading about Churchill. Churchill, Churchill. you weren't reading nothing back then, Mike. I know, I know. Lighting our faces. You were some unintelligent youth, bro. Well behind the class. That's why we dragged him off the streets. He was an at-risk job. He looks like he needs help. God damn. But yeah, like when I got into serious books, I think was when I started reading the. Aragon books and I meant serious for like my age at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aragon's quality as well. Yeah, Aragon was was big, big quality at back <coughs> back then. I wish they made the film better. It's boy. <laughs> yeah, same, a good one. <sighs> um, I think top, bottom, uh, top three disappointing yeah. films. It's that Dragon Ball Z and Avatar. Avatar. It's it's Batman that. Superman. Oh big? yeah, the, for me as well. Nah, but those are the top three I think. Top three, sure. 100%. yeah. Ergo, uh, like Ergo was I actually thought, such I a good. What? Yeah. Nah, stop. stop, stop universe. He's not what? watched the cartoon. How did it bang? <laughs> He's not watched the cartoon. No. In what way was it good? You know, I, I just didn't like it. Like point blank when I when I saw it, yeah. And then well, recently, I like, the, I like the Don from Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was Zuko, innit? Yeah, he was. Yeah. And then uh, after, like recently, because I think Netflix are saying they're gonna do a live adaptation as well, you know. Yeah, 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 but yeah. the original creators are on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, people were complaining about film recently about how it was uh, portraying coloured characters with white people. <laughs> <laughs> like you see how in the cartoons it's kind of like they all look kind of coloured, didn't it? Like yeah, Indians yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And then in the uh, film, it was like white people basically. Yeah. yeah. Wait, was uh, the main character was the main lead white? I think yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's her face? Katara was white. I don't remember how I thought it, man. He um, had a nice shiny head for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, some little white nice <laughs> And his <laughs> tattoos <laughs> were like They weren't blue They were like fully intricate in that. It was mad what? In the, in the, in the movie oh, They were proper intricate I didn't like it Yeah people were complaining about the avatar Is It meant to be like a, like a streak of paint isn't it Yeah basically a streak yeah. of paint But I don't know how that would translate to live action No, nah, that doesn't look cheap fam <laughs> Yeah that's what I'm saying <laughs> When he's in the shower just wash it off him <laughs> Yeah, people were complaining about it. Mm. the white leads or no, the Asians were replaced with like white lead characters and stuff. Mm. I was like, white I, I didn't actually even think of that when I first. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's a reach though. It's like, yeah, bro, yeah. it's good, true though. Good characters, man. When you like, when you think of the Water Tribe, them men are all black. You get what I'm saying? All of them, and then South Asian, weren't they? No, I thought they were black. Bro. Yeah, soccer, <laughs> dark. Yeah. They're like our color. Yeah, and then. Know. What you call it? In the movie, soccer is... Color, Matt? It's my color, I don't see color. No, but in the movie, soccer is... Um, he's one of them... The vampires from Twilight, actually. Goddamn. Pale, bright. <laughs> but in the, in the movie, of Avatar is a bit darker, but still. Yeah, it's been like but, a light in the night. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Avatar, what else? Um, what no, we talked about Aragorn. Uh, we talked about... Oh, right, yeah. right, right. So, yeah. So, Aragorn was uh, my f- one of my favourite... When was that? Like, what age? I was maybe... Well, I was reading them books around early secondary schoolish. This was year four. Year four? Aragon? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah so I was like, what, ten? I was still wild enough, I guess. I told you I was, I was that nerdy kid, didn't I? Mm. So those were my favourite books growing up at, at around that time. Yeah, I was yeah. following that from then until um, first year. We called it in Ireland, but you meant call it what? Year seven? Yeah, yeah. Ireland. Yeah. Well, you call it first year in Ireland. Yeah, you so what, year first year, second school. First year, and then so like, you don't call it year seven. Yeah. No, because in Ireland we've got first class, second class, third class. Those are all the primary schools mm. years, and then you, secondary school is first year, second year, third year. Hey, hold on, we got to break this down, man. <laughs> <laughs> Where does this start from the beginning? <laughs> What's nursery called? 
Nursery is uh, <laughs> where the young ones are eating. <laughs> no, you're, you're close. You're close. <laughs> the younglings. <laughs> you're actually close. It's called the uh, junior infants and senior infants. Oh, yeah. Junior infants and seniors. Where's this one? Club. So your first year is junior infants. What makes you a senior infant, man? <laughs> no, I was a senior infant at one time. Come on, put some respect on my name. Oh, but it's a sophomore one. Those kids with the nah, old nah, man nah, that's, that's America stuff. Um, we ended it at first year, second year, third year. Well, so they go to junior infants, senior infants, and then that first class, second class, third class, up to sixth class. I guess that kind of makes you like you feel prestige in it. What's that? That's bomb set. Bomb set. We didn't have sets like that. Okay. We just had. Uh, <clears throat> We had foundation, ordinary, and higher level. Ordinary. Foundation. Yeah, that's, that's that feels bad. Man. Nah, foundation was <laughs> no, not yeah, the ordinary kids. <laughs> well, to be to be honest, like secondary school, um, when I came here, mm. which was uh, I was in year ten when I came here, mm-hmm. and I was in third year when I left Ireland. So when I came here, um, your higher level was like our ordinary level. God School damn, was easy man. for me when I came. Not because you I was you were higher, but you were just ordinary <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Not because like I was smart or anything. Because mm. when I went to A level, like I saw <laughs> it taught me. It taught me. You got humbled. Realized you was ordinary. Come out the funniest. You come out the funniest A level experience, man. But GCSEs um, compared to like GCSEs mm. equivalent in Ireland was junior cert. So junior the, what? Junior cert. I'm so you like, had the I junior cert these names all and the senior cert. <laughs> cert or cert? Cert, certificate. <laughs> sure, certificate. The junior cert was first. Said, no, I'd live today. <laughs> first to third year. Coming at me, but And then fourth but. year, like, if your school did fourth year, it was yeah. called transition year. Basically, yeah, you would have... so many names. So transition year was like... Transition from what to what? It was basically like you do work experience or whatnot. Like you had no huh? exams, nothing year like for, that. A year for work experience? Are you, not work what experience. Oh, I'm trying to move. But <laughs> then like you go to school, but it's mostly like I'm, not doing school stuff. I'm raising my and kids then, in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going to leave for the secondary school at the age of 22. But. So like what people did was if they couldn't be asked for the, for the transition year, oh, yeah. they would either skip it yeah, or if their school didn't allow yeah. that, they'd move to a different school and skip it. My school, you had to do it, but I left before transition year. Okay, otherwise you got. I mean, yeah. working as a cook and that. You don't know. Working. <laughs> so we had, yeah. So we went up to sixth year mm. in secondary school. Okay. But fourth year was basically meaningless. And when did you say you started reading again? I was reading senior infants. The junior junior Yeah, I was reading serious books when I was young, mm. man. Serious books. Mm. I used to be. Uh, I used to feel like. Hella smart Because mm. I used to read Like people used to see me Read books and And then like my aunties and uncles There goes that kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They'd be like oh, oh my god Like they'd be to the To the, to the sons and daughters They'd be like Why don't you be like him So I would like Go downstairs with the book You were so But I tell you I wasn't even reading once You so You were a snuggy reader The worst kind of nerd I remember, let I me tell you. The little random smoke pub. On uh, the day, like, I had. You know that, that Noddy gives the other gifts. This is glasses done. <laughs> uh, listen, listen, listen. Uh, like, I knew this. Uh, I met this girl, like, when I was 10. And. Was at the library. No, not at the library. This is. Uh, I can't remember where it was. It's but a rom-com in the I had, oh my God. I, had a, I had my Harry Potter book with me. Yeah. I got for my birthday. And. 
Like she was, she blew me away from ten year old me. Right. I was like, oh my god. I said ten year old me. You might have been. I know. Okay. that second set. <laughs> so I remember like I have my book with me yeah, yeah. So I was like Okay so how do I make myself How do, how do I make myself known in this situation So what I did was I was not the 600 page I opened up the book And I started turning the pages quickly <laughs> <laughs> But I tell you I was like She like, must mm, be impressing <laughs> I was looking away Like every five seconds Like look at how fast I'm reading Turning the page so exaggerated man. She paid no uh, attention to me bro You're doing nerdy back to me Specs, if you ever notice a guy who didn't glancing over at you, <laughs> you know <laughs> he's a very fast. He trying to get your attention. <laughs> <laughs> if he's turning the pages every five seconds, he's trying to impress you. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, but, um, where did that go? From? Where, where, where are you going from there? What with the girl? Yeah, it's just oh. a random story. No, no, no. I, I knew her. Like we, we, we became friends. Not from that day. Definitely not from that day. For less than enough, <laughs> mom misses you. <laughs> Uh, um, so it wasn't successful <laughs> It was not a successful endeavour I had a huge crush on her And I thought she never noticed me But Turns out she did But Look at that Oh down the line Yeah Later down the line It's a Bollywood story obviously, <laughs> obviously at that age I was shook So I was, I was a young I was a nice young lad yeah. I didn't know Yes Getting all the game tips these days Shouts in the last episode Said he was getting tips from a book <laughs> This guy said he was using books to do things. <laughs> uh, guys, bro. I'm just if he has him to remove himself. As he calls me like, this is my cat. <laughs> yes, no, we already know what yes is about. Yeah, with, his, with his babes, man. Uh, uh, that cat, yeah. <laughs> oh, me. Hey, that's it, Nimble. That's <laughs> like, look at... Look at treat my cat. He's going to be treating me like this. It's all marketing strategy, bro. You've never seen me in action, bro. What? I'll, I'll remain mysterious, huh? Yeah, You'll never catch me. Mystery, man. Never catch lucky. Never. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, where was I going from there? Uh, so, so, what about writing? Like, how do you get into writing? Just writing, I was similar to books. I was I feel writing. like anyone who start. I, I think anyone who reads regularly mm-hmm. will have that as an outlet. Like, I feel like writing is just the next natural step. Yeah, that's what I think. If you're enamored with books... Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, especially when I'm you're young. Used that. I'm <laughs> especially I when you're young. Like you, I'm enamored. With you. <laughs> but it just, it, it kind of, for me, it just spoke to me. Like, I always wanted to make um, something as interesting as the things that I was watching, as the things that I was reading. Like, it, it went beyond books for me. Like, I was. Um, uh, the first actual piece of writing I did was when I was... It was around that age as well, like 10, 11. It was a 11 A4 sides, and it was based on 11 off, A4 sides? Yeah. yeah. So it made no sense, like, reading back over it when I was... I can't remember how old I was, but it made no sense. I had pictures as well. I don't think I've ever written something on paper like that long. <laughs> Voluntarily. It was, it was my pride and joy at the time. But it was based off of not any books, but it was based off of um, this anime I used to watch way back. It was called uh, Shaman King. That was like legit for me. That was that was the show at the time. Mm. So like I inserted myself into the show. I even used the same. Basically, I wrote fan fiction. When I was young, like yeah, which is not something I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> but I was ten at the time. Mm. But yeah, that was the first piece of like serious writing I did, and I was like so proud of it. What do you guys say about storytelling? You think you are a natural storyteller? <laughs> what do you mean in terms of fiction or in terms of like in if general. you just tell a joke like story in general? 
Fiction. So I feel like if you read a lot, yeah. I, I feel like it improves your natural storytelling as well. And like the way you link things together mm. when you're talking to people. I think I'm a bad storyteller when it comes to things that aren't like fiction. Yeah, we discussed uh, I'm, I'm not that good of a storyteller. Like we have a friend, mm. Khaled, shout out to... He uh, <laughs> and that full name. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we don't do government. <laughs> no, I do still. Oh, we're breaking rules. Alright, we're gonna cut that part out. <laughs> Man, glad you got me. <laughs> got me edited out here. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to to Khaled, yeah. But um, this guy when he tells like stories, especially funny stories, like is elite storytelling. The heat, it's actual heat. Guys on that elite level, like mm. he's always. He can he can kind of pace it that well. I, I don't. He's not doing it like consciously, but it just mm. it works out for him. Time, man. Yeah. It's a yo. What? What are you called again? It's the melon. The what? Do you know you're talking? And you're delivering a story. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the melon is like a. No, we're not explaining that right now. Because okay. you don't know what you're saying. I don't want to say the melon, <laughs> but you don't remember. You're talking about strong middle or something. What? Uh, no, I just no. It's what they tell you when you do like. Workshops. You say presenting and like, yeah. do you know your right, hands? Sure workshops, hands. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you He's like, man, they took me out the street. They <laughs> <laughs> taught me about this melon technique. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like I'm pushing my food, but yeah, no. We continue, come on. Um, no, I want to hear it. Go on. Huh? I want to actually hear it. He doesn't you know it. Like, no, I know. It, it, okay, I don't know either. That's why I said we're not going to do it. the technique. Clearly, you haven't because. I'm sure you look boom. Who's <laughs> yeah, yeah, these guys are I'm right here, fam. <laughs> you think storytelling is a valuable skill then? Yeah, of course. Extremely valuable. Why? I feel if you're a good storyteller, you'll be able to connect a lot more people and. Mm. Like I said. I think you capture people's attention as well. Yeah. 100%. Like going back to our boy Khaled, this guy. He's a, <laughs> he's a social yeah, butterfly. He's getting my screen time right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's a social butterfly. Like yeah. he's he's very like bear wings from sociable. Mm. Must have bear social wings. Social butterfly. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> he was a nam advice. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my my story's telling skills I'd say are mainly rooted in just fiction. So writing. So what do you think you need to do to improve it? You think it's an improvable skill? Yeah, of course, everything's an improvable skill. I'd say. Um, but for for you to have to do it, I think you'd be having to tell stories like all the time, yeah. and it's not that deep. Uh, it's <laughs> that kind of time. <laughs> yeah, it's not that deep. Yeah. Mm. All right, then we'll end it there. That section there. Mm. So yeah, that's come out. No one knows about Yasin yet. He's a guy. He's, like, he's a cat guy. There's <laughs> more to be than my cat, man. Come off the bed. Um, you guys listen to any interesting podcasts at the moment? Um. Justin, you don't listen to podcasts, do you? No, I did. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. No, just the way you said it. Yeah, you said it like, no, I'm just you have my internet. Do you, do you? It's a story, fam. You don't listen to podcasts, do you? I listen to uh, Fresh and Grounded, Free Shots Tequila. But other than that, I don't really... Still I listen like to Free Shots Tequila. Yeah. But not as consistently as I used to back in the day. You used to love them. Consistently. <laughs> and he used to no, love them every guys. week. <laughs> there's, too many, there's too many episodes, man. Because before they used to do bi-weekly, now it's every week. I can't catch up. And they're like three-hour episodes. There's a lot, yeah. So, um, I'm saying I've got like a big list, like I need to watch some of the stuff that's been recommended to me. Mm. But yeah, that's um, I've listened to a few like odd episodes here and there, and I honestly can't remember the, the names of the podcasts, but um, they were good, and I do plan on going back to them. Like, I saved them on Spotify, I think. 
Because basketball is like my main thing. It's like I really enjoyed it. It was a hobby before, but now it's become a job. Yeah. So you like to detach yourself from that and make it a bit more fun. You have to have hobbies around it. And that's why a lot of <coughs> athletes aren't really happy with what they're doing. They got all the money, they got everything, yeah, but they're not happy because they, yeah, yeah. They, they're not happy. What they love turn into a job, and they don't have any other hobbies or like yeah. the time to think about other things and stuff. So he was like, yeah, I wanted to get back into like broadcasting and stuff, and he really enjoys it. And then mm. like I, I was listening to it, and then midway through, it was like, uh, I just want to bring attention to our late, next uh, sponsors. And then I was like, bro, yeah, like these Americans. Yeah. Do you ever watch American shows? It's like hell adverts. Yeah. Yeah, they're just so natural. Right? Yeah. It was like every American knows how to spell advert. Cause, no, because the thing is that like, they they put practice into into inserting the the adverts because yeah. uh, when you when you just got it. When you just got in the podcast, like if I was to go, yeah, so we were told to do this and this and this for this company, like it's it's very dry. Unnatural. Yeah, like there's a there's actually a girl on YouTube, um, Asian girl names, but like Asian American. Yeah. Her names Anna Connor or something like that. Yeah. And then at the end of all her videos, like when she uh, shout outs her sponsors, mm. it's like a skit, like a full on skit, okay. like, and it's really really interesting. That's interesting. Like, like sometimes like I'll. Like, you know, you'll finish the video. I remember at first, I used to just, like, when the video was finished and the, and the thing would start, I just I just quit. Or I'd just, like, close it down. And then I actually watched one one time, and I was proper like, immersed. So I kept watching, like, all her all her sponsorships. Uh, Shout-outs. He was enamored. <laughs> I was enamored, bro. So, yeah. Like, if you, if you, if you practice that and... Like, that's one of those words that DJ Khaled learns and he uses it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jake. <laughs> Enamored. <laughs> <laughs> He's loving the word, but oh, it's a, a good word, man. It is a nice word. I gotta say, yeah, just like we all, these Americans love yeah. the adverts. Like, no, in do, every sport, you ever watch like the Super Bowl or stuff? Yeah, yeah. Or NBA, whatever. Super Bowl has mad, so mad many adverts, and like we, as like British culture, we don't have that. Yeah, like I think each like most like programs, they have their own. They 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 advertise their own stuff. Yeah, but they never advertise external stuff. It's weird. Super Bowl is different though. Like they put deliberately put yeah, in a yeah, lot of no, effort. No. Like it's known for the adverts being wacky. Yeah. Like do you remember, uh, what was that with the Stranger Things guy? It's a, uh, it's a tie dad or something like that. Do you remember that? Do you nah, remember? I that? don't want Stranger Things. I know what Stranger Things, but I don't. You know the ad, bro. You remember? Uh, you've watched Stranger Things, and yeah. You know L, the girl. Yeah. You know the one that takes care of her in season two. Oh, the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you remember the ad he was in where he's like, oh, it's a tie dad or something like that. It's tied. Uh, it's a tied. Those tied pods that you know that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like that blew okay. up. It was everywhere. Mm. I know you're talking about. I thought in my head I was thinking tied was you know like the roach spray. No, I don't know how that would link to the show, but. The roach spray. You mean rage? Yeah. I said tied. <clears throat> nah, it's nah, nah. Isn't it? <laughs> right. All right. I ain't got roaches. I got clean yard in it. On that note. <laughs> we'll go on to the next section. So, uh, if you gonna talk about what makes the character interesting, because yeah. me and Kamal were talking about this earlier on in the week. And, mm. Yeah, I just wanted to like, what for you? What does make what makes the character interesting? And like, what are your favorite characters in, in fiction? That's directed at you, though. Okay, um, I would say what makes the character interesting. Um, when, when, for example, when they're talking to other characters and stuff, you can sort of see like yourself having like similar conversations or like reacting, even just reacting the same way. For example, say something happens like a character sort of accident or something, they would sort of like, like react to the situation the way you would see yourself like reacting and stuff. You want, so that's what you want to see in a, in a good character? Yeah, so basically a relatable character. Yes. 
That's a long, that was my long-winded explanation of <laughs> getting that beer. Uh, another, I'll say another one is um, you guys got me off with this discussion. Um, well, should we come back to you? Yeah, I mean, go around. So about yeah, you. Yeah, share, uh, share one thing each of it. So. Yeah, for me, what makes a, a good character, mm. uh, the best characters, best. We best. We never. It's uh, it's when they're multifaceted. When they've got. Um, when they got a, why do you keep touching my foot? That area is actually... When they're multifaceted, when they've got totally a lot more. of different aspects to them, and especially when they've got <coughs> conflicting aspects to them. Like um, okay. One of my favourite characters in fiction is actually a villain from uh, this manga called Berserk, which I think is one of the greatest stories like that I've ever read. And this, this character, Griffith, his name is, he's got... He's extremely uh, close to the to the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they have a very close friendship, and Griffith doesn't really have many friends. He doesn't really rate people. He thinks of them as his tools to use to get further in his goal. But the main character kind of like breaks through that, and and Griffith gets this close close attachment to him, and he kind of forgets his ambition, and he realizes that he's forgotten his ambition because of his friend, and he ends up. Um, I won't give the de- like the big details or anything, but he ends up like betraying his friend and the rest of his support okay. uh, just so he can basically get back on track. So you, you know he's, uh, he's extremely close to the main character and you know he values the friendship, mm-hmm. but it turns out that he doesn't value it as much as he does his ambition. And it leads to an extremely huge rift growing between them and a very antagonistic relationship developing between them. And it, that's the relationship that, that they're... Uh, friend or former friendship takes from that point on. So when a character um, has these aspects to them that that are just conflicting, and you know they they don't add up, and they have to eventually clash mm-hmm. until one of them comes out as the as the greater aspect or the more valued aspect of their personality. That's why I think makes a good character. So you think um, well, it has to be conflicting? Like not has to, but I think. Uh, the best characters I've seen always have conflicting um, emotions and I desires. think that's kind of relatable as well, I guess. Cause it is relatable. We're human beings at the end of the day. We're not just... Oh, this, this is what I'm saying. We're like, not on one track emotions. Like. This is exactly what I mean. Like, there's not, You couldn't ask me about all my emotions and then they align. Like, they'll be conflicting. They won't always align together. And one will be greater at one moment than the other. Mm-hmm. Like Walter White in Breaking Bad. His ego... Mm. takes precedent a lot of the times mm-hmm. toward the, um, over his family yeah. and even though he cares deeply for his family like he's, he's in the spoilers for Breaking Bad but he's in the, the drug business mm-hmm. for himself essentially like because he's good at it and because he enjoys it but a lot of gang it, his care for his game. family doesn't huh we get it I'm inside clipping there somewhere <laughs> his care for his family like it's, it's still there but he puts them in danger over and over again because his ego just doesn't allow him to drop out of the business. You know what I'm saying? So there's that conflicting relationship between his mm. ego and his family and a lot of things in his life. I think Sharks has talked about this before. He doesn't like uh, what they call... Uh, like he likes... That's what he said before. He likes grey characters. I don't know if you've heard that term before. Yeah. But yeah. essentially, most characters, from what we know, like traditionally, there's, like there's black and there's white. There's like someone that they're stuck in their ways. Like, for example, we're talking about Game of Thrones, like Ned Stark, he's just just the brave, courageous yeah, person. He doesn't, character. yeah, honorable. But then when it comes down to like moral dilemmas and stuff, he doesn't 
he, he doesn't change. Yeah, he doesn't change no matter what. Uh, he's like one of those like it's, it's kind of like a soldier type. Like you just follow orders. Yeah. And then there's all the different types. So just like, just pure evil. Mm. And then what he said he likes is like great characters that uh, you, you don't know what they're thinking. Like they, they might just come up with the most unpredictable yeah. f- um, solution to whatever dilemma it is. Yeah. And then that that's what makes them interesting. And yeah, for me, I agree. I like I'll put all your points together in that. Yeah. And it's like you you gotta be relatable. Yeah. Um, doesn't always have to be relatable actually. Uh, I think to a certain extent, I think moral battles within them, the character, that's what makes it a very interesting character for me. Mm. And then that unpredictability of, I don't actually know what he's going to do next. For me, yeah. there's too many stories that are predictable. Yeah. As simple yeah. as that. Like in films, in shows, in yeah. books, whatever. There's too many shows, where, there's too many things where I, 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 I've reached the middle of the book and I'm just like, I don't really think... I'm, I'm, it's going to be that valuable to me to finish this book if you get what I mean or yeah. to finish this show like, yeah. I know what's going to happen and when I find those stuff those shows or books and I like it's, it, I don't know what's going to happen next that, that makes the characters hugely mm. like interesting so yeah, yeah. that's that for me another one is um, do you like characters motivations because mm. there's I've read quite a few books where like even the writer hasn't like, really got in in terms of like the sense like where the character knows what they're doing mm. there's been quite a few books like that so yeah, i'll say like um in character's motivation it was sort of like being believable yeah and like sort of making like the sort of like driving the the plot forward yeah in a way as opposed to just having like just the more like once you read about the character you read um a bit to the book you get a sense of the character and and then you present the character's sort of like presented with or like you're the readers presented with the motivation for the character and you just like you don't buy it. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Like when they reveal like oh yeah, why yeah, they're yeah. doing it and you're just like, you're just like what? Nah, I d I don't I yeah. don't buy that. Do you, was, think, hmm? do you think that's a flaw in the writing? Is like or is it like just how the writer intended it to write to, to seem like it doesn't matter if he intended it, if it comes off that way it's a flaw. hundred <clears throat> percent. Fair enough. Like, prisoners. No, because like a lot of the times, sometimes I'll criticize something. I'm not saying that my criticisms are always right, mm-hmm. but uh, if in the case, in this case, they are. Like yeah, I'll yeah. criticize something, and then someone will say, "Oh, but it's intended to be that way." Like sometimes someone will say, "It was intended to be written badly," mm-hmm. um, like for a reason, and then that doesn't make sense. No, like, there, sometimes like there is there is a reason for that, and then I'll be like, at the end of the day, it's still written badly. I don't care if that's the intention. I don't care if it, if it's trying to send a message it's written badly and it comes off badly mm. whether it's on purpose or not that's how it how the end result is yeah for me there's a lot of things where like because for like for me yeah if i keep saying for me so many times bloody hell, <laughs> <laughs> who else is it for me <laughs> but um i growing up like i used to i i had a select few people that I, I used to share books and stuff with and yeah. when i discuss things with them like if they read the book before me or whatever i can't get my hands on it yeah uh, i wouldn't or even a show i i don't actually mind too much about um the, the actual results or what happens at the end like i don't mind spoilers mm-hmm. i i prefer seeing like how they've done it yeah, yeah. and that's where the genius lies in me and in, in, in you <laughs> I take myself up there for a second. He reads every book and says, this was made by me. <laughs> if I wrote this, it could have been better. Nah, nah, it's like this. Genius analysis. <laughs> no one understands this book like I do. <laughs> Not even the writer has nah, this depth of perception. That's where the genius lies in, in, in the writing uh, of the character. Because... Um, for me, it's like hell, oh, bloody hell, mate! It's a trap I'm falling down every time. Because there's so many, there's so many different ways to write uh, a story and mm. then get into its ending or whatever you want the ending to be. Mm. And 
then when you're writing these things you can do it in a predictable way and that's the easier way out a lot of the time and i think a lot of people would be satisfied with that for See, example no, go on. for example uh the game of thrones series now a lot of people are just satisfied with what happens in the show mm-hmm. but people think that it would have being better, like other people are a bit more critical. Like for me, for me, for example, uh, I would say that if the actual writer uh, continued with that and they were patient with him, yeah, it would have came out much nicer and a lot more intricate. See, we spoke about this, and I don't agree. I don't think predictability um, uh, lowers the quality of your story unless the actual execution and the quality of your writing. Yeah, but it, is it comes low. hand in hand with the execution. No, execution has to be good. Like, let me explain. If, um, if the if the outcome of a certain plot line or subplot or even the entire ending is um, clear to you, as long as the execution is absolutely solid, and I mean the, the resolution of character arcs, the resolution of subplots, as long as they're solid, um, it's, it's A-OK. In fact, it's what do you better mean, okay. What's, A- What's A-OK? As in, like, say... Um, the story I'll as give a you, I'll give you an example. Um, no, we, I, by the way, I'm not disagreeing. I think that's. I, I, I don't see. I don't see yeah, where, where, where the disagreement is. It. <laughs> I think you, you're saying the same thing as me. You said you said predictability. Like you, you criticize that. Mm. I say I don't criticize predictability. Mm. So, nah, but if the execution is done well, then it's not. It, it's not really. That's nice. not what you said though. Did he say that? You might not be thinking. That's your fact. He didn't say that though. No, no, no. I'm saying like. For me, yeah. an interesting character is unpredictable. Yeah. That's nothing to do with how the story rolls out, like how the story okay. ends. You get me? Yeah. Okay. But if the execution is good and the character's written well, like that, the unpredictability you could be involved in that anyway. It, it could be a part of that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be separate. You get me? So you're saying if the execution is good, but the pre- the, and the character is still predictable. predictable? No, yeah. no. That's what but makes the it outcome is still predictable. Is what I'm nah, saying. No, no, no. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm saying if the predictability is there 100, you know where it's gonna end up, but the execution is top notch. It doesn't matter. That's what I'm, that's what I was leading to earlier. You nah, saying completely nah, different things, isn't it? No, 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 no. You didn't finish my point though. That's what I was saying earlier when I said I don't mind spoilers because mm. if the execution is really good, then I don't mind. Okay, yeah, you did say that, but yeah. what you were saying just now, like yeah, the past five minutes, that's not what you said. What was I trying to say? <laughs> you said. <laughs> <laughs> you're basically saying the opposite no, I don't think predictability nah, I was saying, is a bad thing I, I, I was, maybe the lines are a bit blurred in terms of <laughs> talking about the character and talking about how my man thinks he's a great character maybe the lines <laughs> are blurred nah, I think what was, was a bit odd there is, is I was talking, I was first talking about what makes character interesting for me and then I was yeah. talking about what makes the story like bang overall basically yeah yeah that's the that's the it was a bit of a, conf- a confusion huh? okay but yeah um, on to the book so this week we read god damn 40 minutes onto the book huh? 40 minutes and now onto the book that's mad <coughs> what do you mean <laughs> no <laughs> so yeah onto the book yeah. Um, this week you read All Quiet on the Western Front by uh, the author is called Remark uh, that, was, that was the surname I think yeah. what did you say just the surname <laughs> I couldn't <remember>. <laughs> 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 that's a remark Bro, when I when I coming up with love it must have no, the, the, the first name was a bit too I think it's uh, Eric Maria Eric Remark. Maria Remark, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just first name that's fine like trip bow up. Huh? That's the first name I think. That's that's ever tripped you up. No, I just didn't look at it properly. Um first of all, yeah, there's a book, yeah. Right in the beginning, yeah, why <laughs> there's a part, yeah, when the characters <laughs> they 
basically they, they take these boxes yeah they're in the field they take these boxes and then they start they start playing cards around them yeah. and I was thinking is this what I think it is <laughs> before we get into that let's give well, a, yeah we'll go into the book <laughs> let's give a little summary and uh, and go from there so uh, do you wanna yeah, go, for it. go for it Me? I haven't done it too much okay so essentially All Quiet on the Western Front takes place during World War One. And uh, it's from the perspective of German soldiers. Yes. Yep, yep. Yeah. So it's from the perspective of German soldiers, um, specifically the, the perspective of one Paul Baumer. Yeah. And his group of friends. Very interesting character. Very interesting, I would say. And it essentially follows their experience during the war. No, um, yeah. Actually, a group of friends like from school into the war. That, yeah. So, yeah. And even uh, from uh, others uh, not from school. Yeah. So. That's basically what the book is. It, it follows their, their. I was about to say adventures. <laughs> it follows their experience during uh, World War One, from beginning to end, essentially, and all the things they go through, the horrors of war that they that they witness, that they experience themselves, and even the downtime, which um, I think elevates the book quite a bit. The downtime. The downtime is in, in like when, when they're not fighting. When they're not fighting. Yeah. because I, th- I I do think for about maybe the first forty. 50, 60 pages it kind of has a this this may be me like just me but kind of has this slice of life quality where mm-hmm. what do you mean by that as in like there's not really much f- fighting going on and much combat going on in the first 40 50 60 pages and it's just kind of them talking with each other and discussing things and whatnot mm. and you're just kind of getting insight into like how they interact with each other yeah and then it just kind of switches up when they go into their first big battle yeah, it's brutal. yeah it gets brutal and then from there it just kind of snowballs into this mad, like, destructive experience. Mm. So I think that those first 40 pages really elevates the book highly, just because you get a sense for who these characters are and you how they are. You get the relatability. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it is about, what was it, 200 pages-ish? Yeah, I think exactly 200 pages. Yeah, so as we always say, 200 pages, the author has to be on point yeah. to make a good book. Cons- um, it's completely concise, like... Yeah, and using that first 40 or 50 pages just to talk about characters and how yeah. their, their personalities, I think that was very important. It's essential in, like, I think one of the themes where it's, like, loss of innocence. Like, you, you can see in, in the very beginnings of the book, they, they've, they've lost their innocence already, but the further the book goes on and you see exactly why... It's matter and matter. Yeah, it's, it, gets, it just gets crazier. And this is in World War One, um, And just to give it a bit more context, the, the main characters, so essentially they're a group of schoolboys who literally, they're, they're 19 when they uh, enroll into the army. And, yeah. Um, it was their choice as well, wasn't it? So it was kind of like, that was the honourable thing to do, join the yeah. army. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of glorified yeah. by even the, the teachers and stuff. Uh, even though the teachers didn't actually uh, join the army themselves for a bit. Yeah. yeah. And then um, they get into, they basically get, they all get assigned to one, um, what was the group collective called? B Company. Yeah, uh, one company of soldiers. And they also get uh, intermingled with some older soldiers and um, yeah. one that they one that's a bit more experienced that they all like really look up to who's kind of the leader of that, that yeah. company um, and it's really interesting because the soldiers the group of soldiers they're all 19 and they're joining the army yeah and like they're not joining the army like uh, just to chill and like mm-hmm. like just do basic um, army time yeah they're actually in it for the war like that's yeah. actual world war one that's about to start and then, it's the war to end all wars as they called it yeah well the first one and <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> no, that's, that's what they call it at the time. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. 
um, it's really interesting because it's at the point in their lives they, they detail it a lot more in the book um, and it's like one of those existential crises like that they have throughout the whole book it's where they're like they're too they, like, they're not too young to not know what's going on they're, they're, they're not exactly innocent but they're still too young to like they haven't started their careers they haven't even finished mm. education it's, uh, it's too much for them essentially it's too much for anyone to be honest yeah. that's what the book's trying to say yeah but for those people in particular it's like if they go back home like they're going to be totally like they're going to be like even if they win the war it's going to be yeah. their life's going to be mashed up, mashed up basically we see it in the book itself remember yeah, when, yeah, he, yeah. when he goes home yeah. and he essentially can't speak uh, Paul Baumer like he, uh, that's who I'm talking about. He essentially can't speak to his family anymore. Like he, yeah. he exchanges he can't words stand with them. anyone in them. I wouldn't say can't stand them, but he just I guess like, he, can't. he can't connect with them. Yeah. Like he he speaks to his sister. Um, like he enters the house. He comes he comes off from uh, leave uh, in the army. So he goes home, enters his house, and he hears his sister his sister's voice, and she's calling to him from upstairs. Yeah. And he's downstairs, and it kind of like. He, he, I think he, he, he can't move and he almost like he's almost about to cry mm. is what you get from the narration and he kind of pulls himself together so after he's been through it a lot yeah it's like midway through the book it's not, it's not in the beginning or the end so yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, it's near the yeah and around the, this yeah. time he's still about 20 years old no he's 20 like from from the beginning he is 20 but no, yeah 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 the beginning is 19 and then no, he I goes think all the way had, in the they, war they had one year basically they had one year of experience already they weren't new recruits anymore yeah, yeah. But uh, that that's still ridiculously long, young. Like we were talking about this earlier. Like if uh, you had to, if there was a war now, you had to sign up for it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was I'm saying. going pen. Yeah. So I was Imagine like, straight out of A levels. Like, even like, crew. for example, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. He had that. He had to do military service, and he did, yeah. declined. It, he went to jail. And I, I think. I went to jail. Hundred. You keep prison now, fam. It's too lit, fam. <laughs> uh, I think I think a lot of people would actually say that as well, man. Like, one hundred percent. Like, I don't even feel a connection to to the country like like that. I, I wouldn't feel a, a connection to any, to any country. country like yeah. that for me to risk my life for what? Not just risk killing people as well. Yeah, killing, killing people. Like, I, I was just I, I said we we're not going to do stats, but yeah, I was reading some stats here, yeah, and the amount of widows that the war left behind and like uh, children without uh, fathers mm. is mad. It's like yeah. ridiculous. Like in the millions, like hundred, like fourteen million or something. Yeah, widows, ridiculous. widows, and and children without wow. without without dads. Yeah, that's madness, man. Yeah, and like apparently, like one uh, apparently, like three quarters of the German army, mm. um, either dead or or injured, like they were back. devastated in the first world war. Yeah, it's so one of the reasons the second started as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I've never read up in the history too much. I think. Uh, oh no! So, uh, what I mean by that is uh, for the for the second, uh, the the payments they had to pay back for the first world war were too much, like in comparison to. How badly they came they came off of it. Mm. So uh, it was one of the reasons they were like, "No, we're we're, we're going for a second Like <laughs> <laughs> We're going again, boys. Well, yeah, I was just thinking about it. I was like, "Yo, I'm 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 23 now, yeah. So I'm mm. old, you. <laughs> I'm no longer young." But I was like, yeah, "These guys are 20 years old. And they were going into the army and fighting, and they were killing, they were killing grown men, and they were getting killed." And they started when they were 18, to be honest. Yeah, and. Right. Like they were saying it in the book, like they they they, because the teacher used to call like call them um, young men, like mm. brave young men or something. Yeah. And he's like, yo, 
we're, we're, like our mental aid is now at this point is, is older than all those yeah. teachers like all those yeah. veterans back home that's why when you went back home you, you didn't have that relat- relatability with anyone yeah and like they, they would all try and say things like um, like I, I bet it must have been like this blah 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 yeah and they have like, no none idea. of you have any experience of it so like I don't care even if like you, even if you try and relate to me because uh, that's the thing once, once you go through that and you go back home it's like people uh, 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 that's the natural thing that people are going to talk to you about like mm. they're not going to talk about anything else and yeah. like because you have no at, at that point in their career they have no education they have no skills or anything yeah so what else are they going to talk to talk about to people uh, so uh, you, you, um, and then uh, alongside with that um all those pe- group of people that they went with that they were in school with they, they most of them died as well yeah so like they go back home they don't have any friends anyway by the end of the book they're all dead i think yeah um lovely spoiler <laughs> no, we're, we're going to talk about the end of the disclaimer. So uh, it's Paul Krop. Wait, Krop? Bama. Yeah, Paul Paul Bama. He dies at the very end. Yeah. Cat uh, dies like quite sadly at the very end. Yeah. Um, when did was it name Huss something? Their names are actually so yeah, difficult because <laughs> they're, they're all Huss, German names. Huss Muller. I think Muller goes out like towards the end. Towards the end, but it's not. It's not given like much. Um, not significance because they're all significant, but compared to say Cat oh, and Crop, there's one called Jurgen. Jurgen. T. Jordan. You're thinking of Jaden. Jaden. Yeah. Oh, Chaden. Yeah. T. Yeah. J- I think it's pronounced Jaden. Something like that. He didn't get shaked all at the middle of the book. Did he? I can't remember if he died. No, he died. He died. He died. Everyone died, bro. That's the. I don't think Crop died. Crop. Crop is the one that gets. It's like, it's the little one. He's smart, and he gets his leg amputated. I don't think he dies. No, that's the very that's near sure. the end, bro. Someone got amputated at the beginning, though. Someone got No, nah, that's Kemrich, okay. and they take his boots. But Krop, um, what go go preserve them, James? Krop and and Baumer, yeah. they're on the train together, like near the end, like they're going home because Baumer's injured, mm. and then Krop is oh, injured yeah. in his leg as well. Oh. Yeah, and then Krop loses his leg, and he and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna end it all if they amputate, and they amputate, and he's. He's kind of like disconnected from everyone. Mm. I can't remember if he dies. I think he dies. He couldn't have gone back to the war, though. I don't remember, man. Well, I don't what know. What's he going to do, man? I know they have wheelchairs now. Well, anyway, his life has changed for the worse. Yeah, so I was, I was saying, like, imagine, like, they were that young, and then with them as well, they just came out of school. And they, so throughout the whole book, they're talking about things like, why are we even fighting in the first place? Yeah, like, yeah. Even the enemy soldiers would be thinking the same thing. Like, hmm. I, I imagine, like from the main character's point of view, he's like, I, I imagine that like, I don't know why I'm fighting these guys. And yeah. So I, I imagine that they're probably the same thing. They're all probably just laymen who are thinking the same thing. Like, yeah. we're all just fighting for someone else who just yeah. who's just giving us orders, and we don't know why. At the end of the day, hmm. and like ultimately, what is it for? Yeah. So like, just material resources and stuff. And I all. think Chad and uh, Jaden, whatever, however you pronounce it, uh, I think he touches on that himself. Like. Yeah. Um, in the middle I yeah. think it's when they, they have that little debate yeah they have that debate and is that when they had like that crazy cooking session in yeah. the house yeah so he's he's asking that's, them that's me meal prepping every week bullets flying flying but yeah he asked them he's like yeah I've got like I don't f- yeah so he's yeah, the, what did he say in the last yeah. five minutes no no listen listen listen, listen, listen. <laughs> no, I'm trying to <laughs> I was trying to remember so exactly like what we were talking about. <laughs> but um, he's having this debate with Crop and Cat. 
and they're talking about why exactly the war started. I yeah. think he asked them specifically why, why did the war start. Mm-hmm. And Krupp tries to sell him the, this lofty idea of a nation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and Jaden's like, um, but you can't insult mountains and, and rivers and whatnot, so what does it matter if they insulted like Germany or something like that? And yeah. Krupp's like, he says something else to them, to him and, and Jaden's like I don't feel insulted though so why do I have to fight yeah. I, I don't particularly care and I bet the, our enemies don't care either so yeah. why are we fighting yeah. and then Crop uh, uh, and Cat I think talk about uh, or the whole group in, in general just talks about it's just the, the higher ups essentially yeah just starting to fight and trying to finish it yeah and they didn't they left that question kind of un, okay. like, unanswered didn't it? and yeah. I was like ultimately for me it was all about like pride as well like human pride and like mm. that's what people would go out and fight for even if they forget about what they're fighting for originally it's yeah. like I'm fighting now and I want to win it and that's that's about it yeah. so yeah do you know, do you know I really interesting do you know the point where um, it'll make out to draw the first blood yeah I mean, you mean yeah. you first blood hand to hand combat fully like oh when, yeah, yeah. When, he, yeah when he killed that guy and he was coming to terms with like the guy had a family yeah and then he was planning on writing a letter and then obviously that, that's all like past it's crazy and man. he gets over it yeah because he has to uh, elsewise will go insane yeah. I think that's a big theme of the book the the soldiers have to discard their feelings mm. otherwise um, succumb to trauma all the, yeah all the trauma that the war has caused them yeah and it's like put in so neatly in that one in that one sequence yeah. with the with his first hand to hand kill mm. because you see his whole his whole uh, thought process where he's like this guy had a family as Jason said, like he had a he had a wife. I think he had a daughter, mm-hmm. and the car- and Baumer is going insane over the thought of um, having killed this man, and he's like, just let me survive, and I'll, I'll I'll support them and whatnot. And then he gets over it, or he 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 survives, and he's like, that was a ridiculous idea, essentially. Yeah, so like in the so he killed the man like for the first time hand to hand like with his knife, and then uh, because in, at that time. He was essentially in the middle of the war zone where, every, like, so if you came out, you you just basically get shot and you die. Yeah. So you have to basically hide in the little holes that, in the holes that the bombs create. Mm. And then uh, he ended up in one of the holes, and one man came in. One of the enemy soldiers came in the hole, and then he basically overpowered him and killed him. And then throughout that time, he's also uh, basically he he's. Because like, he has to hide, he can't come out and he, until the firing just stops. Essentially, because he'll be riddled with bullets. Yeah, otherwise. exactly. So, and that's like a period of what two days or something. One day, it's more than one night. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, a long time. You know yeah, sequence, especially so, in war times. So, so that sequence yeah, there's a there's a film uh, with uh, Andrew Garfield. I can't remember the name. There's a it's war film. Andrew. It was recent, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, 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 it got it got so many Oscars. Hacks Orange. Yeah, that's the one. It's a solid film. Like he's. Essentially, he goes into the film. He goes into the film. He plays like um, a medic, but like he he said to them from day one, he's not gonna kill anyone. Hmm. And then like in the film, you see him like dragging his teammates across the um, from like the battlefield and stuff. And yeah. as well, he even goes to the extent of like even helping the enemy. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, so uh, he's in. So the main character stuck in that pit, and he's like literally for a couple of days. So imagine there's army, there's there's fire. Like uh, both sides of the army are bo- uh, like right on top of you. Yeah. And both of them are firing at each other. They're sending, they're shooting bombs, they're throwing grenades, they're f- uh, shooting guns. Exactly. Yeah, and the whole time you're in there, you just kill the man in a pit, and you can't come out. Otherwise, you're dead. Yeah. 
Yeah. So and he's in there for like a couple of days. He's got to worry about his water. He's got to worry about his food as well. Yeah. Like what he's gonna eat. He was, yeah. he was he was even given a dead man water. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Like he was he, he was even and then like like that would cause inside and and you you just keep on getting reminded these guys are twenty years old. Like yes, yeah. it's, it's nuts. So and I think that sequence ties nicely into uh, the 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 idea of of soldiers uh, discarding their feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, that's brought up earlier in the book in a different way. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much earlier. It might be the beginning, uh, the beginning like part of combat or just another random conflict during the novel. Mm. But it's uh, <coughs> Baumers having this kind of like introspection of they can. It's when they're in the trenches and uh, like they they've been riddled with rats and lice and whatnot and all the, all these issues and lack of water and food and. They, they haven't been able to attack the enemy because it's like it hasn't been the right time and they've been holed up and then finally when the time comes um, they can like get all their emotions out they can finally um, hit back at something because yeah. all the things that were killing them in the trenches were things that weren't like these fight like you can't fight against yeah this. you can't fight against them obviously you can fight against rats uh, yeah. but not in the same sense of <laughs> not just rats no th- there's <laughs> the Scurps. amount of rats yeah. do you remember the yeah. amount of rats they had they were, they were like you know, what, yeah. you know what I found bad, yeah? It's when he's like, the rats have stopped coming these days. There's plenty of... Uh, we, we all know why. They're already, they're already full. Yeah. So it's only like huge. they're out in the battlefields like eating yeah. human flesh and stuff. So. so when the fighting starts, they're like, now we've got an enemy. We, we've got... This whole time, death was chasing so us. So it's kind it was, of a relief was, to them. Yeah. This whole time, death was chasing them and it was intangible. And then once they get to, once they get to their enemy, they've got a tangible thing to, to come back to against. Shoot because uh, a lot uh, what they described a lot throughout the book is a lot of the time um, you think the, the soldiers are constantly in warfare and stuff but a lot of the time they're just waiting for the enemy to make that move because yeah. that's naturally how like any combat works yeah. like, uh, even for example small scale combat like boxing or whatever you're, most of the time you're just counter attacking what your opponent's about to throw and then you're hitting them <coughs> back with whatever you can yeah. but you're just waiting yeah it's a lot of waiting time so throughout the book he's talking about um, the more painful aspect is where you're you're just waiting and you're anticipating what's going to happen to you. Yeah. you. You might get blown up, with, like you never know. And like there's one point where he said he was just playing cards with in his bunker, and then he went away to talk to someone else in another bunker. He came back at the bunker that he was in before had been blown up. Yeah. So and that could happen at any time. See, that's what um, I mentioned. That's what I was trying to mention, Man. like <laughs> way yeah. earlier with the the whole slice of life aspect during yeah. that whole part where you're getting to know the characters. Yeah. You're never unaware that the war is going on. You're not just like, oh, when's the conflict going to start? It doesn't even feel like they're in a war. Because every single time there's downtime... Uh, they're thinking ba- about Yeah, Baumer never fails to mention the, the humming of the shells, the shooting of the gunfire in the distance. Like, you always get some type of uh, aspect of the war going on. And I, th- and I think it's usually sounds. Yeah. Um, so he's always talking about the humming of the shells. Um, always, always, always. And then when he go- goes home and he's safe... He, uh, they go on to PTSD in this section as well when he yeah. hears like a train passing and he's like I had to take a few minutes because I thought it was a shell because yeah. it sounded so similar yeah. so um, I, like you were like you were saying earlier um, though that part of the war just it's never not there yeah. they're always waiting for it yeah, despite that. the fact that they're eating together laughing together as, as best as they can mm. um, making fun of authority together because like the anticipation is a lot more painful than, than actually being able to go and fight because you know eventually something's going to happen I wouldn't say more painful but it's definitely agonizing it's not painful but yeah and like, oh, like even if they didn't fight 
Yeah. At the end of the day, if they went back home, they would still be traumatized just by the anticipation of, of war. Mm. I think. And it doesn't feel like it will ever end for them. And you you hear Baumer say this a lot of the time. He's he's like, I can't imagine there being anything after the war. They mm. talk about peacetime as well. I think in that same conversation with yeah. Jaden. Yeah. What would you do when you go? If you yeah. could go back. And then it, most like, of them don't want to even think about that because yeah. it's like let me just get over this like one day at a time. Yeah, it's like this mystical ideal to them, like peacetime. Yeah. Like what's it's like, that? It's not really gonna happen. Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> which it does. <laughs> <laughs> even for and the the writer, um, remark. Uh, actually, I'm not even gonna say that because I don't even know how to no, pronounce that. <laughs> but he, uh, I think he drives that point home, like very much at the end when uh, when Baumer dies himself because. I think there's two months left of the war because he dies I think um, the war ends in November and he dies I think in, in uh, September or maybe there's one month but he's so close to the end and he doesn't manage to make it yeah. you know what I'm saying and so for, there's kind of, uh, for him there's a kind of like hope and optimism that he, he, he's gonna he, well, it's not really hope and optimism it's like that he kind of feels like I feel like there's a anticipation that he'll actually make it through, like because maybe because he's the main character, mm. and you as the, the the reader is led to believe by the writer that he's gonna make it through. I feel I, like there's a bit of that on the main character. I don't know if it's led to believe. I think I think Eric definitely does it on purpose. Yeah. Uh, but like even for example, like, when he goes on leave, I was like, yeah, yeah that's his first chance. Like he might. He, like, yeah. That, that he, like he's actually like his yeah. his luck is good compared to some other other yeah. stories essentially. Like, I don't think the way it's written, in a sense, is like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to survive. But you the fact that he's the protagonist... Huh? You don't think he's like undercover? No, no, no. I think it's the fact that he's the protagonist and we get it from his first-person perspective. Mm. We kind of feel like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to make it and he's going to reflect on this afterwards near the end of the book yeah. and some kind of perspective shift. And you do actually get a perspective shift at the end, yeah. but it's this, like... Some other narrator, actually. Yeah, it's this third person, I think, omniscient narrator yeah. um, talking about Baumer's death instead of Baumer switching to, say... Um, uh, he's prevailed. Well, he, he came through. Well, yeah. So he, he didn't die. <laughs> and it's super, uh, super surprising. I remember you were confused about whose death, death actually was. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, I don't know why you're confused. But I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, it's because the last two deaths, they happened... And then the way the nar- the narrator switched it up, I was mm. like, "What? What's, what happened there?" No, I know did, did Bama die? And then, and I was like, "No, Bama died." <laughs> I was Cat's then, death got me the most. That was the worst. That was the worst one. Because it was like how it happened. I was like, "Yeah, he's dead." I I had a feeling like something bad happened to him, innit? but yeah. Bama was like led to believe that. Like Bama was like in his head, he's saying like he's good, he's good, he's good. He doesn't yeah. notice what happened. To give everyone perspective, es- mean, essentially, Cat is like the he's this forty year old soldier, and he's basically the group's. Leader. Like yeah, leader, friend, mentor. He's like, he they look to him for guidance a lot of the time, and he's kind of this like, um, not mythical figure, but he's kind of this like it's strong like ideal. Yeah, he's a strong ideal figure that he's always manages to to get find s- a way to find a way. He finds uh, food anywhere. Food anywhere. <laughs> he finds uh, not armor, but like uh, when when they're out of like dress code, dress. He yeah. always manages to find. He always like make sure they're taken care of and well as well yeah so and Baumer connects like quite extensively with Cat uh, more than the others like there's there's a time when appreciate that bro there's a time when Cat um, uh, him and Cat are on their own and they're eating and he's like or they're making food and he's like yeah 
I love Cat and Cat loves me. Not in this like romantic sense. Yeah, but they're like, like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, I thought I, I thought Bam was a real. <laughs> I thought Bam was a real one. <laughs> the friendship like gets real deep in that sense, and then you can see you you can sense Bam was like. Um, Agonization? Is that a word? Agony. Agonization. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. You can sense Bauer's uh, agony at the end when Kat is uh, is near death, and he's he's uh, he's carrying him back to the to the army camp to the to the medical camp just to be able to get that one chance to save his friend, and he does make it there, but Kat was killed silently, like on their way there through uh, a bit of shrapnel going through his head. Feed the broom. Yeah. And he's. I don't think he was killed silently. I think that had already happened to him. And he was being brave. He's been on a brave face. Are you so, sure? Yeah, because like, I think. But there were shells hitting, like hitting. Yeah, there were shells hitting them. But if, I think from what it seemed like, I, I think. I mean, it had happened, and he was trying to be tough. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the kind of character he, he is, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. Obviously, I'm not gonna get that. But, but uh, in terms of uh, another thing that's interesting is is how they're talking about how the the soldiers change, like the way they adapt to things. It's like um, in the beginning of the war, like. There's there's a lot of things that the luxuries that they don't have that we have essentially, and then they they just have to get used to to living without them. For example, the toilets, the whole toilet situation. These <laughs> men, they didn't have toilets. They just have boxes. They'll take the boxes. The boxes. Yeah. They called them. And then I remember in the last time, I was like, Yo, you guys know what these boxes are. <laughs> I said, what's going on with these boxes? Yeah, Bo, Bo texted us. He was like, yo, what, like, what's up with these boxes, guys? Like, this is a bit mad. <laughs> Basically, they like they, they bring their boxes together. Bamba like, talks about it at first. He's like, yeah, when, when you're in the war, you kind of get used to a lot of things. And yeah. he's like, yeah, so we get the thunder boxes, we gather them together, and then they like all... They all basically they have a communal gathering. Yeah, communal mm-hmm. gathering. Toilet, they yeah. all they defecate just, together, basically. Yeah. And then no, they're, they're, they're not just doing their thing. Yeah. And then they, they put they're, like the they're lids. playing gods. Yeah. They put these these lids like uh, on their on their knees. And they just play cards with them, talk there. And Baumer talks about it like it's one of the best parts of the day. Like he's like, yeah, we he's love. Like, he looks to those parts. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, we so, love. Man, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> we love when the balls are moving. I extra beans today. Boys, I'm gonna be sitting there for a long time. God damn. When his bowels start moving, Balmer's happy, man. And it's, you, you can see it as well. That it's the little things that, that keep the soldiers happy, like food and, and yeah. whatnot. Clean, uh, clean clothes and clean. Um, just a clean environment. Like, they, they even feel um, detached from their environment. It's near the end when Crop uh, um, and, and Balmer are. They're injured, so they're so they're on their way back home because mm-hmm. they obviously they can't fight anymore. Mm-hmm. And then Baumer is is basically shook because the bed, um, like the the bed sheets are, are, are proper clean and they're not. And he's like, he calls to the nurse and he kind of he kind of can't say it. And he's like, yeah. I've got lice. I don't want to dirty that thing. Yeah. And even when they're talking about this poster of a woman yeah. that's like so clean, they look at it. And they look at Crop um, and Baumer look at each other after looking at the poster, and they're like, these, man. "We we want to get clean." They they go get de-liced. I think they get clean clothes, or they try to, yeah. just so that they can feel normal again. Yeah. Another part that was mad is like when the horses got shot. Um, the horses oh, again. Yeah, they got bummed, didn't it? And the horses are suffering as well. Yeah, the horses like, are crying out. Yeah, and one guy's like. Uh, one guy goes out and he starts he, he starts like shooting all the horses just to put them out of their misery. Yeah. Does he get killed? Uh, yeah. What's his name? Denner? It might be. I think he's that guy that escapes. He, he doesn't get killed. He uh, he, he makes it back somehow. And he, people, two people get shot trying to get him back as well, isn't it? 
Like no, he, he he disappears. Like he tries to. No, no I'm oh, saying he does make it. Better. Yeah, he ma- he goes and kills the horses to put them out of their misery because they've yeah. been bummed in it. And then yeah. all these horses are screaming like. Yeah, yeah, that, the, the battlefield is is, is quiet. Yeah, after mm. the, the 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 battle has kind of ended, but yeah. then all you're hearing is horses screaming because they've been like bummed. They got like they're injured or whatever. Yeah. And this guy, because he's a farmer, no, he was a farmer before. He went and he tries to. He, he goes out into the battlefield just to kill the horses to put them out of their misery. Yeah. And then he like he risks his own life. And at, at that point, at that point, they're all like. Yo, he's lost it, innit? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's like no, no, you wouldn't do that, no matter how like in pain the horses are. And then he he, he goes out, and then because they don't leave their men behind, they they go also go out and try and get him back. And that, those are the f- few things they said in the book. And like yeah. you kind of admire those qualities. It's like these guys, they they really love their guys as their own brothers, innit? That's how it was. Mm. And then, are you sure he he he, he leaves he, because he does he deserts like no no, no. he goes out and he, he shoots the horses, and then they go out and try and get him. And they, as they're coming back. Two of them also get shot, yeah. yeah. Another them die, and then after later on, he deserts. He tries yeah. to go back home to his wife because he's got wife and kids on a farm and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, he gets caught along the way, or whatever. And he gets punished in whatever way that it was. But probably prison, and that's what they said. Mm. So that that was another mad thing. Um, there's a few other. I'll desert my chest, big man thing. <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's a few other things. Even if the horse has like one like missing leg. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> just gallop into the sunset, man. There's a few other things like. Um, the the also the the airplanes that were shooting people like shooting like the airplanes that were the battleships that were flying over like they they were also doing friendly fires or they killing their own troops yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Stress, because stress, of because because they didn't have resources like the the ammunition wasn't like clean enough yeah. like so it would just go anywhere on the, on the battlefield so I found that that was another that was another thing that was bad and then another thing was before they go into battles you can see coffins. Like already made, like pre-prepared coffins for them. That's so mad. it's like. And that, was that the same sequence where they used the the, the cemetery? Yeah. As yeah. A, they were digging no, I think land. I think it was just after. It was yeah, it was around then. Mm. So like that was a mad sequence. So there's just so many mad things, and then he also illustrates the fact that like throughout this whole thing, yeah. it was only two years. So yeah. imagine the whole war. Imagine like. Like a ten-year-long war or something like that. Like how many people die in that, and like the amount of losses that that, yeah. that happened. And it became the norm for them. Like we 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 touched on this sequence or this scene uh, that happened in the books earlier, but we didn't really like um, talk about it too much. But it's when um, they're they're in the house, um, and they're it's like it's kind of like a desert, not a deserted area, but it's not too um, heavy combat-wise. Yeah. And they're making. They had they had managed to scrounge up like excellent resources food wise, yeah. and they're about to make like a crazy meal. I think they had geese and stuff. Yeah, they had geese. They had like all they had all types. They had um, like pancakes or something like that. Yeah, Balmer's favorite meal or whatever. And then yeah. a fire starts coming under the house, um, and like I think shells as well. But all types of fires coming. And uh, it's getting into the house, and people are running off with the he's food. Whipping and and Baum was like still cooking, like he's trying to make his last like batch of, of pancakes, and he's the last one to leave. He puts them on his plate, and he goes running. He trips, still has the plates in his hand, and they all make it out. That's the domination right there. And it's like he, he, it's, falls, he falls down the cellar. No yeah, prep one one. <laughs> it's it's so normal to them. Like in, instead of like, instead of like abandoning the food, they're like, listen, we're gonna make our meal, and we're and we're gonna get out of here. Yeah. That it's. What's his face? Balmer describes mm. it, uh, the war itself as a, war, a, a whirlpool early mm. on. Like it, mm. it always brings them in, no matter how far they are. Mm. And obviously they're close there, but in other aspects of the book, he's so far from the war, and yet mm. its hold on him is still so strong. Like when we talked about when he goes home. Yeah. 
or when he's uh, on on leave with uh, not leave but uh, when he's injured with crop yeah so I'm gonna wrap it up here then um, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk too much because I think this is a very good book that you should all go and read yourselves mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of graphic scenes in there and <coughs> yeah uh, I think if you read it just realise <laughs> you're gonna feel quite sad at some point so I'm not gonna lie like um, the character for example his mum had cancer and he returned home uh, from leave he realised that his mum had cancer as well so he, he couldn't really enjoy like having that time with his yeah. mum like she was in hospital the whole time so there's a lot of sad things like for example um, he goes back when he goes back to, when he, his leave ends his mum basically gives him like food and stuff and he realises that uh, like she had cancer and throughout that whole time she's probably cooking that food just for him like to make him happy yeah. and stuff and he's like yeah, I can't give this away to the other soldiers like essentially yeah. he gives some but not yeah, as not much as he was going because he was to. like yo my mom was probably in pain when she was making yeah. these she told away on the stove for this yeah so there's a lot of mad things in this book it's very graphic and I think it's definitely a great read um, it's a short read as well short yeah. 200 pages and very concise and just to give a bit of background the author himself was actually in the army for a bit and that's yeah. why he has it was so detailed and, mm. and insightful so that's what I found uh, strange until I read the afterword as well mm. so yeah um, definitely go pick it up that's All Quiet on Western Front by Eric Maria Remark and yeah go pick it up hopefully we got his name right yeah if not it's been, the outro. it's been your boys from Inspire Reads hopefully we inspired you to read a lot of games I love the hustle, man. Ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. So keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. See you at work.